Hello and welcome to the Atma Podcast. It's just me today, just by myself. Lozzie is on his own. Um, the reason why we're doing that, or the reason why I'm doing that, is because I've got a lot of work going on at the house, or about to start on the house. So by the time Thursday comes around, when the pod normally goes out, there'll be a lot of work going on in the house, and it'll probably be quite disruptive to the live pod. So I thought I'd do a pre-recorded version. Unfortunately, Jordan and Dan weren't available at this date. My fault. I didn't plan it. I just did it impromptu. said, right, I'm going to get ahead of this and just record one. Um, but yeah, I thought it was probably best to do that rather than just have constant banging or, you know, there's just a load of shit that's going on at the house that will potentially interfere with the podcast. So I thought to save you having to sit through like an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes of hearing like DIY work going on because it's going on the outside of the house and in the inside. So it's going to be quite a disruptive one. But anyway, I'm doing the pre-recorded one to today for you. And um, this will still go out at the same time. So you'll see us exactly the same time as you would do the live pod, but it's not live. So there won't be any interaction with the live chat, unfortunately. But yeah, we'll do this one this week and then next week we'll be back full strength, hopefully. So what are we going to talk about today? First of all, let me just say, now if you're in, not in the UK, you won't feel necessarily the same pain. But I just want to tell you how unbearably fucking hot the weather's been over the last week or so. It's awful. I want, I want winter so bad. I'm praying, and I'm not even religious. I want winter. I've had enough. Like, the summer's been disappointing weather-wise, but... I'm just not a lover of summer. I like going out and stuff, the sun being out, yeah, but I don't like the heat. The heat gets me riled up. It's just, I was literally cooking a meal yesterday evening and I'm chopping up mushrooms, right? And I start to feel moisture on my fucking head, my forehead. I'm like, why am I sweating? I know I'm I'm not the fittest of people, I improved it by going to the gym slightly. But I still shouldn't be starting to sweat, you know, cutting up mushrooms. I wasn't using like a hatchet or a fucking machete. I was using a normal kitchen knife. But yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not good. Just get me back to the winter. Get I don't really care if the if the gas and the electric prices go back up, I'll pay it. Honestly, at this point, I'll pay it. Now, if you're listening from around the world, I know there's a few listeners from Australia. Okay, this excludes you because you guys have got an entirely different scenario over there. I mean, that that country to me should not exist. It should be burnt to a fucking crisp. And to be honest, it's quite a few places in the world that are getting getting that way through fires and that. But I don't know. It's 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 hot. It's just hot, and I don't like heat. Plus, when the summer comes around, I dread it. Because I'm like, yes, everyone can go outside, have a good time, barbecues. I do love a barbecue. Get me at a fucking barbecue, I'm all right. But if it's too hot, fuck it off. No, look, there's a, there's a Goldilocks zone. Do we ever hit it? Rarely. But I do like the idea of summer. I just don't like the reality of summer. That's what I'm saying. Also, I know it's going to sound like a bit bitchy. Hay fever does me in. I can literally go from talking normally in a a conversation with someone to then 
literally profusely, my eyes will just run and I'll start coughing, I'll start sneezing to a point where it's actually annoying to be around me. I, I full, I'm fully aware that I am an absolute arsehole to be around when I've got hay fever or suffering from hay fever. Sometimes I forget to take my antihistamine tablets, you know, your, your Pyroton, other brands available, sponsored. Not sponsored, don't say that, Loz. Look, if you want to sponsor me and give us even just a free supply, I'm there. Just get me down because hay fever's not the one, man. Hay fever's not the one. Actually, I will get onto the topics we're going to talk about today. But hay fever did impact me quite a bit um, and has done in my previous jobs. Now, when I worked at uh, Network Rail, that there was a summer where hay fever was fully just took control. I, it was like a demon hay fever. I I couldn't control. I was in. I was meant to be in control of safety critical equipment basically, and it would affect my performance because I wouldn't be able to like push a button as quick as I should be. I wouldn't be able to pull a lever as quick as I could be. It it burnt seconds off, and you know that could make the difference, but. Obviously, I'm not there anymore, so I don't have to worry about that sort of shit. But yeah, anyway, back to the actual point of this podcast, or the talking points. We're going to be talking about aliens, and more importantly, the American government, because they seem to be the ones actually really pushing this quite hard. They have made a um, a website, a government website. This isn't just like some crackpot in the middle of, like, the desert somewhere in Nevada just made a website. It's like, come and check out my my findings. No. This is a an official government website where they log um, what they call UAPs, which are basically UFOs, basically. I think it stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon or Phenomena. I don't know. Just why are we changing the names? Just keep it fucking... Everyone knows them as UFOs. Just call it a UFO. Why are we doing this shit? But anyway, they have made a website where they log certain UAPs or UFOs. And um, we're going to go through a few examples today. It's just interesting that the government of America has kind of done a 180 on this. Because, you know, back even like five, maybe... 10 years ago definitely but 5 years you could probably say that they wouldn't have done this there's no way that they would be like yes let's sanction the you know creation of a website that logs um UAPs or UFO footage because they provide footage as well to the the UFO encounters and they give a somewhat brief description sometimes you don't it doesn't say for a lot of them or for the ones that i've seen there's only a few on there that i've actually seen they don't tell you the location of them because i think a lot of these are actually taken from um military personnel or air force or some sort of forces or security service of the american government so there's a bit of a conflict of interest there you know they can't say oh well this person was you know, in charge of the camera on that day, they're in this location because there's, you know, you got to protect what you got to protect. But at the same, at the same time, it's weird that they're now doing this. It is quite weird. 
because, like I said, five, ten years ago, this would not have been a thing. That literally, you could be screaming from the top of a mountain, like "We need to see the UFOs, you scummy government! You're hiding everything from us." I guess this may be a response to people just going absolutely ape shit with conspiracy theories on stuff, and the government is like, "Right, look." Let's just make a website. We'll put the footage that we get um, from the sources that we trust. We'll put them on there, and we'll we'll basically log it for people to look at freedom of, freedom of information. Um, so yeah, that's that's the only rationale I can think behind it. Because otherwise, there's just no. I don't get the point of doing this if you're the American government. This is exactly the sort of thing that someone would do off their own back who really believes in UFOs or is interested in aliens, UFOs, that sort of stuff. I would expect Jordan to do this. Like, this is actually, this could be his website. I've just ripped it off and said it's the American government. But no. it does say at the top, an official website of the United States government. I mean, doesn't if anything screams at you, it's probably not an official website. It'd be that. But I am assured that it is. I clicked the link. So... <laughs> I've got like eight Trojan horses on my computer. Banging. But yeah, well, let's let's go into it. I'll put it on screen so you can see it. It doesn't look the best. I'm going to be honest. Because it doesn't look that flashy, that tells me it is a government website, although you could be pretty, you know, meta in your mind, make it look that way. But you see what you think. I'll zoom in because that is, the writing is so small. Like, I know I'm getting old, but fuck me. Yeah, so it's called the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Why? What? Who? Who fucking comes up with these fucking names? The thing is, I know, I fucking know. Right now, there is someone paid to come up with these fucking names for websites, and even more so in a government department. So yes, right. If you can come up with a really catchy catchy name for this website or for this department. You're the man for the job. You're the guy for the job. Get it done. And he's the best he can trot out, or the best they can trot out, because it could be a woman, obviously. Um, all Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Or the AARO, for short. Just just not the one, is it? Not the one. So, let's have a look here. It does say there's also a a reporting program. So I believe that means you could potentially report something yourself, I'm guessing. But it does say it's coming soon. So that's not something that is available right now. So if you go down to the bottom here, they've got the cases and they also provide the videos um, with to do with those cases. And one of them, interesting enough, we have already covered. Well, actually, I think several of them we have, to be honest. I think these videos here... I think are the ones we've done before on the channel might be the Tic Tac. If you guys remember that we did the Tic Tac video, I think I'm sure as them, but there's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's only what, what's that? Three, six. There's only not uh, seven videos, seven videos. No, eight videos. Sorry. Eight videos um, or eight cases. So there's not a lot to go on, but I don't know when this website was formed. Obviously, not that long ago because it's not finished, I'd imagine. But yeah, we've got several videos just to have a look at here. So if I 
don't make that full screen. I need to get to this one. And let's have a look at this one. Now, this one is the Middle East one that we actually covered on the channel before. It's the uh, spherical object. It's only 24 seconds long. Unclassified. So it's now officially unclassified. And this is footage from the 12th of July, 2022. Also, yeah, just a quick one. If there are any uh, American people watching this, why the fuck do you put the month before the date of the month in the way that you classify dates? It's so confusing. Anything above 12 is fine. Because once you get to the 12th day of the month, you're like, okay, well, we have 12 months a year. So, what? But what? But why? Why do you need to put the month before the day, and then your year? If you're going to be doing it that way, just put the put the year at the start, then the month, then the day. If you want to be different, but what? Why? I just it just baffles me. Those are the sort of questions that eat away at my fucking brain. And I'm like, that makes no sense. It and it it's. It's got to be just because it's different to how we do it. The same that is literally the only reason that I can think of as why someone would classify the date is that when it's written there, right, you can see on the screen here for audio listeners, I'm looking at the basically the title image of this footage that we're about to watch. And it says unclassified footage from the mission report 7750816, 12th of July 2022. What they write the fucking date is like if it's if it's numbers only they put the month first, then the day of the month, then the year. But if they write the date down, they put the day first, then the month, then the year, like we all do. Why? Rant over. Just why? Anyone can let me know. That'll be I'll be grateful. I mean, I won't agree with it, but I'll be grateful nonetheless. But yeah, let's watch this. Like I said, we did dis- um, discuss this on a previous episode a few months ago, I believe. There it is, look, the old fucking ball. That is weird, though, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm not. I mean, I do I do believe in the potential of there being alien life form because of just how vast the universe is. But I I don't know. The problem is that my theory on UFOs and, and aliens and that sort of stuff because I believe there is a chance because of how big the universe is also means that it's very unlikely that we're ever going to see any evidence of it that is like concrete evidence but that is weird it's just a ball we, you can't really tell if it's moving up or down but it's definitely moving we don't know what height the um the ball's at but it is it's definitely it's definitely one to watch definitely i it's also interesting that whoever was operating this um camera or drone it might be even automatic but i doubt it because of the the lack of accuracy of keeping up with it i imagine this is someone who is literally tracking this real time but they obviously weren't looking for this at the time they were looking at something else and then they spotted this and went, hang on a fucking minute, and started moving the camera towards it. It's, it's weird, it's weird. But do I like the fact that they're releasing the footage? Yes, because it gives you something to talk about, and it actually tells you that the government have 
got this sort of stuff and they're like, well, we don't really know what this is. We, we're not sure ourselves. So that was um, the Middle East one. This one is just called South Asian Object One. Um, I did watch this one. This is only nine seconds long. And I'm going to be honest, I ain't got a fucking clue what I'm looking at here. So again, this one was the 15th of Jan 2023 was when this was captured. Uh, I think these were uploaded in April. Let me just have a quick look. Does it say? Somewhere? Oh, yeah, here, look. Mm, yeah, no. What? Yes, sorry, I was looking at the wrong wrong date. Yes, April the 19th is when this was posted. Again, undisclosed location. Um, But this footage was taken on the 15th of January this year, so it's pretty recent. Let's have a look. Now, if I pause it here... Again, for the audio listeners, I do apologise. This is something you probably, if you want to get the full picture, you're just going to have to watch it. I'll describe it the best I can. Basically, this is footage, again, from, it looks like either an aircraft or a drone. There is something to the left which looks like another aircraft or drone, but that's not the thing we're focusing on here because you'll see it in a second. Look, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Oh, I've come out of full screen. But that's the, that's what you're talking about. It's just basically almost like a... Think about the size of a paracetamol pill, right? Now, obviously, for for scale reference, I don't fucking know. Like, this video doesn't really show how big it is. Although, the silhouette of it looks pretty decent in size compared to the drone that is also in the footage. But it is literally just flying across the screen. Just goes across, you know, like a little um, a rocket-propelled paracetamol. It is quite the sight, quite the sight. But it's it's strange that they just have... Th- this one doesn't track it. It just lets it go straight past. Straight past. Again, audio listeners, look, you're just going to have to deal with my... my um, well, information on the matter. My description probably isn't great, but oh, I remember to stay hydrated as well, especially in this heat. Jesus Christ. Let's go in and see if there's actually information on this. So, in an open hearing on identif- unidentified anomalous phenomena before the Senate Armed Services Committee on April the 19th. Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, we've heard that name before, director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, shared a video depicting an unidentified object with an apparent atmospheric wake or cavitation trailing it as it moves across the sensor's field of view from left to right. Okay, so this footage was taken from a sensor of some description. An MQ-9... Forward-looking infrared video sensor captured this footage in South Asia as it was recording another MQ-9 after analysis of the full motion of video, inclusion of additional footage with a longer focal length and analysis of commercial flight data in the region. The AARO assesses that the object likely is a commercial aircraft and that the trailing cavitation is a sensor artifact resultant of the video compression case resolution is pending a final review so essentially what they're saying is that aaro have looked at this and think it's basically another aircraft 
which, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to watch it again. I don't know if I can really... There's there's not much of a frame you can make out. It just looks like a sphere. No, not a sphere. It looks like a pill. That's what... It looks like a pill. The paracetamol description was perfect. It looks like a paracetamol just flying across the screen. It's um definitely doesn't look like an aircraft. But again, because it's moving so quick and the compression of the video file, it might just not look like an aircraft should. I don't know. I don't know. You can see maybe a couple of edges on it that aren't smooth. So maybe it's... Maybe. But, you know, I'm not going to dispute with the AARO, am I? Because I've got no... um, evidence myself to bring to the table but anyway that's what they consider that is at the moment pending a final review i don't know what the fuck that means i mean do they just have a con- you know big conversation around the table said is that an aircraft do we think that's an aircraft yeah all right that's the final review done um and it also looks like for some weird fucking reason this website has got a a link to facebook in terms of that people can comment. It looks like Facebook comments, and it's got likes. The colour scheme is the same. They've got the weird... It, 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 it looks like it's integrated with Facebook on some degree. So you can leave a comment saying, oh, this is fucking brilliant. I love it. Give me more of this shit. And then you get other people say, looks like North Korea shot their super accurately missile. I'm seeing all of these, and I think I believe in anomalies. It goes. So you get public discourse on this website, which, again, from the American government, for a, an official website, that's fucking weird. Like, normally there'd just be, no, you peasants will not be included in this. We we rarely even want to, you know, admit that you exist. Please leave us alone. That was the South Asian Object 1. I think there's a South Asian Object 2. Now, this footage looks grainy as fuck, but we're going to have a look at it. This was also posted on or taken on the 15th of January this year and posted again on the same day, the 19th of April this year. So this, I believe, is probably going to be footage of the same thing, right? I'd imagine so. Let's watch it and we'll we'll, we'll have a look because I think this one's slightly longer. Slightly longer. Right, so it's very grainy, um, but there is something flying around in the middle. Again, can't really make out the shape. The best I can say, again, is is a paracetamol. Uh, they sent a brand deal for the drug paracetamol. Plenty of others available. Ibuprofen as well. But it's it's kind of weird how it's moving. It's moving side to side. It's moving around in like almost a sort of circular pattern, maybe sometimes going into like a square pattern. Um, okay, what is this? We've changed We've changed view. Now it's either the camera's zoomed in or we're using a different camera. Uh, now it's kind of just hovering, swaying slightly in the middle, swapped camera again. Uh, it, it's, it's so, the way it moves is so weird, but I don't know, I don't know if the, thing tracking it is moving either so it could be both it's it's almost like a swaying side to side which is just makes no sense 
don't know what those bits. I don't know what that is. The I don't know if this was done post video or this is something that the sensor does, which is the thing that's taking the image or the footage of it. But it's it's almost suggesting that there's something come away, coming away from this. I'm going to call it UFO because I'm classic. I'm old school. But it makes it look like there's something coming away from it. It highlights certain bits, like puts a, a kind of perforated square, a series of them, and motions are coming, like emotions that are coming away from the aircraft. I don't know why it would do that. Again, I don't know if it's something that's been added in post or something that naturally happens from this sensor on this on this camera, on this aircraft, whatever it is. But it's strange. Like, the movement... It, out of the ones that we've looked at so far, I know we've only looked at two, but the, that movement is unlike anything else, definitely, that we've watched today. It's not... It just looks weird. It almost looks like it's... Again, it could be the video, but it almost looks like it looks like it's changing shape, almost. Not massively. It's just like it's almost a kind of weird circle as in the sides of the circle or the the right and the left side of the circle are almost kind of squarish but still not making that perfect that right angle so it does look like a circle with a dot in the middle there's like a bit of dark area around the left and the right side of the circle but it, it almost squashes it almost squashes slightly might be the compression of the video might be something else, but it definitely it looks like it's kind of changing shape ish. And again, they put those squares that are coming off the UFO, but it's swaying backwards and forwards. It's swaying backwards and forwards. It's strange. It's not like anything we've seen so far. It almost looks like it's 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 like a, a pendulum. I mean, the movement is erratic. It's not the same. Like it's not keeping the same tempo, but it, it looks like it's just moving backwards and forwards, right side to side. Sorry, weird. Let's see what they said about that one. Uh, in an open hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena before the Senate Armed Services Committee on April the nineteenth, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office or the AARO, shared videos depicting an unidentified object with an apparent atmospheric wake or cavitation trailing it as it moved across the sensor's field of view from left to right. This is literally the same as the other one. Uh, an MQ-9 forward-looking... <coughs> I can't even fucking speak because my throat's croaking up. An MQ-9 forward-looking infrared video sensor captured this footage in South Asia as it was recording another MQ-9 after analysis of the full motion of video inclusion and additional footage with a longer focal length and an, analy and analysis of commercial flight data in the region. This is exactly the same. AARO assesses that the object is likely to be a commercial aircraft and that the training cavitation is a sensor artifact res resultant of the video compression. Case resolution is pending a final review. This video is an additional footage with... This is different to the last one, this last bit. This video is additional footage with a longer focal length. The apparent back and forth motion is an aircraft of a longer focal length and the sensor attempting attempting to zoom in on the fast moving UAP. 
rather than the MQ-9. Right, okay, so that does explain why it'd be moving side to side. If you're trying to track something and you're, you're zooming in at the same time, you're going to lose it and you need to refocus on it. That explains the side to side. What it doesn't necessarily explain is the shape it is because it's different. To me, it looks different. I don't know if it might just be me, but if we go back to the start here, zoomed out, at its most zoomed out, it even looks different. It looks more spherical than the other video did. When you zoom in, it looks even more, it looks more spherical than the previous video. The, I understand that they've kind of explained why it moves side to side. I get that. I, I, I would buy that personally. I believe them. Um, not that I'm reviewing their entire fucking caseload here. I'm just giving you my opinion on this particular UAP or UFO. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It just doesn't look right. I mean, none of it fucking looks right. But that doesn't look the same as the last video. Obviously, we can kind of discount um, this one in particular because it's kind of zoomed in a lot. So it will look different because the footage becomes worse. You can't really make out things going on, but it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. But yeah, if they're you know they're pretty sure they think it's a commercial aircraft, and they looked at the data on you know flight paths and you know time aircraft was in the air. Look, maybe they're right. But all I'm saying is it just didn't look it didn't look like it did do on the other video and this is meant to be the same UAP that they filmed. So, I don't know. You make up your own mind, see what you think. Again for the audio listeners, I apologize. You just I I don't really feel like I gave you enough information there to to be able to do it. But what I think we'll do cuz I want to do an episode on you know, a few of these um, f batches of footage, I guess. I want to do an episode with Jordan and Dan because I'm sure they'll be very interested to have a look at them. Even if it's just like a segment, only for like 20 minutes or so, whatever it may be. But I think it's interesting. It's definitely a push in the right direction because I feel like this sort of thing should be classified or unclassified to the public. I feel like it's... It's just a, look, we don't know what these are. Any help would be great, but we're publishing them for the public to see. Have at it. You know, look at it, see what you think it is. We're trying not to hide something from you. That's the the other thing they could be doing is kind of like pushing this stuff towards us and be like, look, we're giving you the UAPs and UFOs. We're trustworthy. Whatever we know, you will know, which we all know that's absolute horseshit. But at least it's something. At least they're no longer denying that these things happened and these things were captured on footage and there are people out there in the government who don't know what these things are. Because we knew it. How many fucking UFO reportings and sightings or UAPs has there been over the years? Thousands and thousands. You know, Those numbers don't normally correlate together to actually produce any actual substance in the evidence but there are a few that slip through and do so these are what the the videos are which are cool but yeah i think we'll what we'll do kind of linked um 
is we'll move on to the other topic I want to talk about. And me being on my own here, I feel like probably the best place to do this because um, I've been playing Starfield a lot. Now, if you're watching this, this will come out on the 7th. So it would have been out for a day on full release. But if you did buy it, um, like I did, uh, early release, you got it on the 1st of September. So I've been playing it for a few days. I'm just going to get rid of this. And I'm really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. I think it's a brilliant game so far. There's been a few places that have scored it low, and I understand, look, if you're not in big on games and you're not into Starfield or whatever, you can see it up there, the uh, Constellation Edition, which is the special edition I got, or the limited edition I got. Um, I'll show it very briefly. If you do want to see it in a more detailed manner, I do go through it. Like I think it's like 20 minutes or so. On um, If you are a member, you can see that video. Four ninety nine. Do you know what I mean? Quick plug. But anyway, I'll show you briefly. But yeah, I just want to talk about it because I've been playing. I think I've played like thirty hours of it now, thirty to forty hours. Um, very like the start of the game is slow. I'll give it that. It is slow. It's not. It's not like bang, you're in. It is quite slow. But having played other Bethesda games, yeah. I mean, you kind of. You got a bit of a mixed bag. There are a couple that I've played that are pretty slow. There are others that are pretty quick. Um, Skyrim, Skyrim could be slow, depending on what you did. It could be slow, but Skyrim kind of you had like the mad ten fifteen minutes opening, and then you could just literally fuck off wherever you wanted to. That was it. With um, Starfield, is slightly different. Like, it's pretty slow. And then you can't necessarily go wherever you want to go straight away. But after about half an hour to an hour, depends how quickly you play through shit. After that sort of time, you you then can go not wherever you want to because there are certain limitations on where you can go based on, you know, how far you can jump, how far you can get with fuel in your spacecraft. But yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it. It's literally probably the perfect marriage of a game for me. Like I love Fallout's my favorite um Bethesda franchise. It's probably my favorite game franchise. Um and it comes it comes very close to dethroning um New Vegas which was a Fallout game, and uh, that is my favourite game of all time. It comes close. doesn't quite get there. I don't think it gets there enough to um, properly dethrone that. But definitely, I prefer it to Fallout 4, and I loved Fallout 4. Got the uh, special edition there, Pip-Boy, from Fallout 4. And it's been... A, that was the last special edition I got, and that was in 2015. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And this game has been in the... In the works since, well, they say it's been in the works for a longer amount of time than than it was publicly known to be in, in the working. But I think 2018 might have been the first time they actually publicly talked about it. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a hot fucking minute. It's been over five years or getting on for five years, which is quite um, a long amount of time. 
but yeah, I'll show you quickly what the kind of deal is with the special edition or the collector's edition, whatever you want to fucking call it. Let me just bring it done. So, there is a, well, part of the main story in Starfield. Now, I do apologise. If you've got no interest in this game or gaming as, as a whole, you're probably switched off. And that is absolutely fair. Okay, I'm doing an episode on my own, so I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about Starfield because I know Jordan and Dan, to this point, haven't played it. And probably, I don't know if they will. Dan might play it. Jordan probably, he might play it because he has got a PC, but he doesn't have an Xbox. So, he might play it. He might not. Who knows? So, I thought it would be a good place to talk about it as they're both not available today. I can just chat shit, and that's what I'm doing. It's what I do every day, 24-7 chat shit. But, yeah, anyway. So, Constellation is a organization in the game. Um that you join that is not a spoiler that is already like if you play if you're going to play the game i'd expect you've already probably sunk some hours into the game before watching this if you were going to play it but if you if you weren't necessarily planning on playing it and you've got game pass you really aren't losing out by just downloading it and giving it a try in my personal opinion but anyway you do you whoever you are who doesn't want to play it for whatever reason Maybe it's not your game. Maybe it's not the genre you like. Fair enough. But yeah, you play um, your own character, who you make, obviously, which is pretty standard for Bethesda um, titles. You make your own character. The character creator is a lot, in my opinion, a lot better than their last several. Like It's better than, it's better than the Fallout. Definitely better than Fallout um, 3, Fallout 4, Fallout. 76 i don't really want to talk about um that's a sad time but it's better you've got more choice you've got better looking better looking uh facial you know features and and their overall fidelity of stuff like the hair and stuff it's better it's still not the best it's still not the best um but it's it's better than it was and that's to be honest that is pretty much all i ask for is just to be better than you know a few years ago it it looks better it's it works it's probably the best game i've played from bethesda in terms of bugs there's still a few in there that i've come across none of them have been game breaking which is good because there have been a couple of times where i've played previous games uh from bethesda and they've just been right my complete save is a write-off i need to start again which is good because you sink a load of hours into a game, you're getting into it, you know, it's an RPG, so it's literally a role-playing game. You get into it, you're like 30 hours in, and then you get to a point where you can't progress a quest or your save goes wrong, and then you're fucked. You've got to try and find an earlier save, which is easier said than done. Or you've got to be one of those absolutely OCD people, which at every point you think, which now I am, Every point you think there might be a problem in the future, you save it manually. Not a quick save, not an auto save. You save it manually, and you can go back to that. But it is pretty much, I'd say, for Bethesda, bug-free, which is good. But yeah, you join Constellation in the game. They are like the last band of explorers. 
Um, so they're really interested in finding out what the secret of the universe is or what the secrets of the universe are. So, yeah, you get early in the game, you get a watch, which is inside here. Is it looks exactly as uh, exactly the same as the one you get in the game. I can't speak because you know I'm trying to concentrate on not dropping this. It's quite heavy as well. Very well made, I will say. Better better made than the Pit Boy. Um, I know they did release one for Fallout 76, but I couldn't bring myself to actually get that one. But yeah, well, if I open it up and I'll show you very briefly. You get the watch, you've got a patch, you've also got an extra strap, and you've got the charging underneath the patch. There's a lot of charger for the watch. The watch is cool. The watch is better than I thought it would be, although upon reflection, this did cost 250 quid. So, moving on. Um, <laughs> no, so it did cost 250 quid, so it's a fairly hefty investment if you really, really are that inclined or you just love the game that much or like bethesda that much it's a lot to drop on a special edition i get that but yeah it's cool the box is cool heavy not like overly heavy but you can tell it's been it's well made basically i do love this little this like lock here turn it to unlock it i think that's just it's just cool it's, it looks mechanical which i think is what they've gone for in the style of the game they say it's a, a kind of nasa punk vibe and that is pretty much nasa punk like is it the most functional thing in the world no does it look cool yes and it does work that's all i asked for cheers and then in here you've got this is my only gripe with it okay i did go into detail about this on the um on the uh, special video i did for the members i don't I don't like the fact that they give you a steel case and they don't give you a physical copy of the game. I mean, what is in it is cool. And it is a credit stick that you get in the game. Essentially, this is the currency that is in the game. And it, it is cool, but at the same time, like, could, could you just put a physical copy of the game in there? And this, maybe? I mean, it's 250 quid. You could have done. You could have done. Yeah, you could. I mean, as the uh, case goes, it's pretty cool. Nice finish on it. Nice colour. But it's a still case. I expect there to be a game in it. That's all I'm saying. I just... That's it. But anyway. Back to the actual game itself. Very... I'd say if you played Fallout 4, it builds upon what Fallout 4 was doing in terms of the combat. The combat is something that before in Bethesda titles wasn't the best. I'll go back to Fallout 3 when you couldn't even aim down the fucking sights of a weapon. That was absolutely diabolical if you were used to FPS games like first-person shooters. But now, it's a lot better. Fallout 4 improved it massively and then in Starfield it's improved again. A Thousand Planets into a game or well, a thousand plants and moons into a game is just insane uh, i have only played like i said 30 to 40 hours of it i haven't seen that many recurring structures or places in the game as of yet i'm sure later down the line i will because this game uses something called procedural generation 
which is basically a fancy way of saying computer-generated landscapes, but they add in handcrafted things in those landscapes. Um, The science of it is very... I don't exactly know how it works, but from my experience so far, it works. So uh, ask me at 70, 80 hours in, I don't know, maybe I might grow a bit tired of some of these things that are bound to reoccur because the amount of places that are in the game, it just doesn't make sense that they won't be a copy of something later on down the line. It's got to be. It's got to be. But yeah, the gunplay's great. The role-playing is great because this, they did a voice protagonist um, in Fallout 4, which at times you'd literally have a conversation and what was written on the button prompt to press to say to the character, to the NPC, would not correlate at all with what was coming out of this bloke's mouth or the, your character's mouth. Because you, you could play as either woman or man and you say you can do in Starfield as well. But it, it just didn't work. The role-playing aspect fell apart because then you'd be like, well, I didn't fucking mean what he just said. Like, he's just said it in such a dickhead way that I did not mean that. And sometimes it wouldn't even be remotely the same as what was written on the screen. But with this one, there's no voice protagonist, so you literally pick, you select the dialogue option, and you go from there. It's cool. It just makes it more more of a role-playing game. You can pick the response that you want to give, and it corresponds with the reaction from the NPC. It's a very basic thing also complex at the same time i understand what they were going for with fallout 4 bit more of a you know polished more kind of movie-esque kind of role-playing experience because the voice protagonist makes it more personal i guess but you lose the rpg element of it as seen before now apparently they were gonna have a voice protagonist in this game but i'm so glad that they they didn't because it's just better to choose your own dialogue options rather than relying on you know a much less amount of voiced dialogue from a main character or your character in the game the space travel is i can understand why people don't like it because you're not going seamlessly from a planet to a planet there are loading screens there are lots and lots of loading screens and if you have played games for many years and you remember loading screens being a absolute just the standard across the industry well Bethesda has brought them back with a fucking vengeance in this game but I understand why because the amount of data raw data in this game is ridiculous like we think that Warzone being and Call of Duty being like over 100 gig is ridiculous the fact that this game is like 130 gig makes sense totally makes sense so you will need a lot of space to play this on your pc or or your xbox but yeah the space travel i get why people don't like it it's not seamless you can't go from a atmosphere outside or the can't go from space into a planet's atmosphere onto the moon in one sweep you can't do it in one movement it's not seamless there's a loading screen you land you get out you do whatever you want to do on the planet and you get back in and then you load screen to wherever you're going to go next. I'm perfectly fine with it. Personally, I'm absolutely fine with it. I don't feel that it's... I feel it, feel it is a bit of a gimmick. The The game I can really compare it to is No Man's Sky, which 
Starfield understandably gets compared to a lot. In No Man's Sky, you basically could enter an Earth planet's atmosphere simultaneously. Well, not simultaneously, but seamlessly is the word I was looking for there. So you went out of, you kind of in the space and then you go towards the planet and then the atmosphere changes. Normally you go through a lot of cloud or something like that or fog. And then that's when the game would generate the planet in terms of its actual surface. But it looked like it was seamless. It was seamless. You could literally go from space to the planet and land. Bang. And it's cool. After the first, like, 15, 20 times, you don't really pay attention that much to what's going on. It's still cool because you ain't got a loading screen. Understand why people don't like loading screens or, you know, loading cutscenes as um, they're now kind of leaked into games, uh, which, again, isn't a bad thing. I think a cutscene allowing the game to load is fine. I ain't got a problem with it. I haven't really ever had a problem with it. I'm used to it through playing Bethesda games. A lot of games I used to play a lot have got loading screens. I mean, GTA had fucking loading screens um, for certain stuff, like first loading up the game, loading screen. You know, there are certain cutscenes that you're like, did that need to be there? But it's fine. I ain't got a problem with it. Not a problem. I understand why people do, though. But yeah, the space combat going on from the travelling in space, the space combat is really good. Better than I thought it was going to be. It's not like... It's not like dogfighting. Like, you won't be kind of darting in and out of space and trying to, you know, do these twirls and barrel rolls and shit to get the better on the enemy. But... It's a resource management. It's definitely about managing your your energy when you're fighting like in space with other ships. It's it's cool. You've got different you've got like the engine, your grav drive, which allows you to jump long distances. Uh, you've got your shield, lasers, missiles, um, and ballistics weapons. You've got all those to apply energy to. And the more energy you give something, the the more powerful it is. So if you put more energy into your grav drive, it takes you less time to jump in space to where you need to go or where you want to go. So if you put like one bar of energy into it, it can take you quite a long time. So if you know you're going to lose a battle, if you don't want to fight people in space, you know, there's been a couple of scenarios where I've had to jump because there have been like five or six ships attacking me at once, which will happen quite a few times. And if you're getting absolutely bombarded and you've only got one bar of energy into the grav drive, it takes you longer to jump. Whereas if you had more bars, it would take you less time. So it's a very, it's a kind of strategical thing. It's not like, you know, you're not going to be fucking playing a strategy game. It's not that fucking deep. But there is strategy to it. And I do enjoy the combat is very, without... I don't want to sound like it's heavy, but in a good way. Like, it's slower than you expect it to be through, you know, you think spaceships, you know, whizzing around, fucking doing barrel rolls and shit. That's not what this is. It's not what this is. It's more calculated. It's more directional. You know, you literally turn on the enemy and you start firing. You need to make sure your shields are, you know, in good condition. 
you need to make sure that your ship is kept up to date, which is another big thing about the game that I've barely really touched. I've not really done much of the ship management in terms of upgrading it and modifying it. But that is almost an entirely separate kind of thing on the game. The ship building looks so in-depth and the outpost building looks so in-depth that it could possibly be its own thing. You know when they bring something in for like a DLC, I did it before where um, the workshop DLC for um, Fallout 4, that brought in a whole raft of changes with how you built things in the game because outpost building was the first time they really did that in in a Bethesda game, you could build your own outpost. You could in Skyrim through um, one of the DLCs. I can't remember what one it was now. Where you could build like a house and then kick the house out how you wanted to. But then Fallout 4 built on that idea and expanded it. And it has again with Starfield. But there's a lot of creative things you can do. Like the ships that people are building are ridiculous. Like I've not really touched that, but the ships that people are building are ridiculous. Um, so yeah there's a lot of freedom in the game which is good because that's a staple of a Bethesda game and to me that's a staple of a good game is freedom I can go and do what I want to do pretty much within reason I can kill who I want to kill are there bad sides are there negatives for me killing these people yes like if you go and just go on a a murderous rampage in Starfield you're going to have a sizable fucking bounty and they are going to come after you a lot and the thing is the more you fight it the higher that bounty gets and the worse it gets there's been quite a few people have been kind of burnt by that now um you can get rid of your bounty by paying the bounty obviously but you know if you don't if you've only been putting like 20 hours into the game and you've got a big bounty you ain't gonna pay that off there's no way you're gonna have enough money to pay that off nah not at all so yeah it kind of keeps you in a way it keeps you from going absolutely psychotic, but you still can if you want to. Like, you can go on a planet, find a civilian settlement, and just slaughter everyone. If that's what you want to do, you're going to get a fucking bounty for it. Or if you're outside a certain, let's just say, government um, area, you might not get a bounty for it. I don't know. I've not tried it. But I know there's been a couple of people I've spoken to had had to go back to a previous save or start again because they didn't save beforehand and they did something that they didn't mean to or they just felt, oh, fuck it, I'll just go on, I'll just go and kill some people. And, um, yeah, it didn't end well for them. didn't end well. But there's a couple of really good, I would say this is probably, uh, this is a bit of a review of Starfield. I wish I wanted to talk about it, really. But this, I'm a bit all over the place with this review because there's a lot of things going through my mind. And I should have planned it better before, um, I did the podcast, but I, the only thing I really planned to do was the um, alien stuff we talked about at the start. Although I did, I did want to talk about Starfield, but I didn't plan this bit. But yeah, the um, the story in the game, the main story. If you're gonna go into it and you haven't played it, a lot of people have said this, and it is true. Just do the main story up until I don't know, maybe like ten hours in if you're not bothered about the main story then don't do it if you don't really want to do it but it's best that you do i'm not going to tell you why but it's just best that you do it put a bit of time into it 
at least until you get something that you think, oh shit, okay, now this makes sense. Now I feel like this has opened a new door. Because there's a big point in the main story. We're like, oh shit, this is the Skyrim moment. This is the Skyrim moment. This is the Dragonborn moment. So that is my advice. Take it, don't do it, wherever you want. The sheer amount of quests in this game will give you anxiety. Honestly, I've got probably 25 active quests that I have absolutely no intention of touching until later on in the game. Because my attention is spent at the moment, I've switched, I've done like, focus on the main story, focus on the main story. The main story is pretty cool, by the way. I'm actually really interested in it. And if you like aliens and, you know, the secrets of the universe, that sort of stuff, you're into that. I think that's a good story so far. I haven't finished it. I'm probably not anywhere near finishing it, but what I've got so far, I've enjoyed. And that is a strange, not not a strange thing, because I liked Fallout, Fallout 4 story, but I didn't think it was the best. I thought it was all right. I like Fallout 3. I like Fallout New Vegas. I know Bethesda didn't technically make that one. But the story, historically, the main story in Bethesda games has been, it's there if you want to do it. But where the actual magic came in was the side quests and the, the content from all those. And it really is no different with this one. I feel like there's a lot of side quests that are a bit meh in in Starfield, and that goes for a lot of the games. But there's quite a lot of them as well that are really good, really engaging. And the best thing about this game, and that goes for probably the other games as well that I've played, is that you can get a really interesting quest from a fucking note like literally a audio file or a a tablet you can literally pick something off a dead npc and you get access to a quest now there's a quest in i, I don't want to say what it's about because i want people to discover it on their own but basically you you get a pick a note from a dead npc that you've killed and it tells you about something special somewhere so you read it, you then go and look for it, and you find this place, and it's an entirely scripted out story about, I don't know, it must be an hour, hour and a half of content. And you're like, this came from just killing an NPC and picking up something off their body and then reading it. That That's the sort of time where I'm like, fucking hell, this is a fucking game. This is where... Like, I wouldn't even fuck. I literally killed that person because they attacked me and I picked something off their body and now I've got access to this cool quest. If I hadn't have taken that, if I hadn't taken what they what they dropped, I wouldn't have known anything about it. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have had access to it. That is part of the magic of these games, in my opinion. People will say it's a bit of a gimmick. Fine. But I think it, it, makes, it makes me more immersed because I'm like, shit, they're actually consequences of me not picking up stuff or not doing things the correct way so yeah here's what it you know if you don't really feel like that's a cool thing then fine but for me i i really enjoyed that certain quest i won't say what's called because you get really cool loot from it you get you know it's such a weird but also cool story and the the thing that I can't get over is how 
they've come up with that story, which, don't get me wrong, it's not like massively in-depth. This is an hour, hour and a half, depending on how you play it. If you're really quick through, you might be able to do it in 45 minutes. But if you loot a lot like me, you pay attention, you read certain pages, don't read everything. You read consoles or you read computer screens in-game. The story is there for you if you're interested in seeing or listening or hearing the story. If you're not, if you just go there and just go, I'm going to gun through every single twat in this place, and I'm going to get the loot and fuck off. I don't have a fucking care in the world about why the loot's there or what the story is behind it. I just want it. It's better than what I've already got. I'm fucking off. I'm gone. You can do that. You probably had to be it in half an hour, 45 minutes. But if you pay attention, you actually listen and you want to have a story told, it's there for you. You know, hour, hour and a half, I think it took me to do that fully. Like, I literally scoured every single place. I was picking up, like, bits of ammunition that I definitely don't need because I'm a hoarder. And, um, yeah, it, it was. it's just a good time. And those are the sort of quests that I think to myself, you know, they're not even pushing this. This isn't even something that they put on the game in the menu screen as, like, a main quest. It's literally an hour, hour and a half of, I think, quite good quest writing and it's hidden and it's but it's hidden because it's the way that you get the quest and the way that you stumble across it which is the, the cool thing but yeah if that is probably one of the things that i take away from this game in particular that has quite a lot because the game is so vast like so vast. I I've probably covered of all the areas, all the planets and systems you can go to, I've probably done about two, three percent. Actually been to two or three percent of the systems. And in the systems, I've probably been to about less than one percent of the planets available to actually go to. Are there a lot of planets that are barren? Yes. Like there's a lot of planets that are barren. They're just resource hubs. Some of them don't even have resources. But they are quite clear on telling you what ones have stuff in of interest and what ones don't. And there are still way, way enough planets and moons to go to that have stuff on of interest that you won't necessarily care that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of planets that offer nothing. And that's that's fine for me. Would I prefer it that every single planet is available to go to there's stories on each one there's handmade structures on each one yes but then that would limit the planets to about three or four maybe five at an absolute maximum 10 i'm fine with it being that way if they wanted it to be that way but this is the way they wanted to make it and i think the potential of modding this game makes more sense for there to be more planets than not that's just my my take on it um, there's been a lot of things said about the frame rate. I'm playing it on PC just for... I've, I bought it twice. Look, I bought it twice. This is, how good I, this is how much I like it. I bought it on PC to play it on PC just because I wanted to try and experience the, experience the game over 30 frames per second. Normally, I don't give a fuck about frames per second. As long as it's 30, I don't really care. The sweet spot is 60. But I understand why this game is 30. I do. Because you look at it, look at the scale of it, and look what they have accomplished in this game. You're like, okay, 30 makes sense. I've had, probably I can count on one hand the amount of frame 
dips I've had on PC. What I will say is, one thing I don't like, and I brought it up when I first got the, when we watched, I did think I did the live stream, live stream for the Starfield Direct, I think it was in June. When you kill something or kill someone or you get XP from a mission, it loads, it, it literally displays it in the middle of the screen, like mid-combat. I feel like that's such a weird decision. I would be so happy for that to be on the, like, the far left, the far right of the screen. I don't care. I, why put it right in the middle? I don't know. But there's been times where I've been looking down a sniper scope in the game and the cycle from looking, this is just after I've killed someone, I've noticed this, so I think it's got something to do with the XP and this, you know, the game displaying the scope view and then going back to normal view. If those all happen at once, like I kill someone and I come out of the scope, there is a little bit of stuttering. I don't. It might just be my PC. I haven't got the most beefy of PCs. I've got a PC that I would deem as perfectly capable of running it. But I've noticed that is probably the only time I get frame dips and a bit of weird performance. Other than that, it's been really good on PC. Uh, my partner has played it on the Series S. It looks visibly worse. Obviously, it is a less powerful system. There are less NPC density uh, the objects obviously don't look as as good the shade doesn't look as good the lighting doesn't look as good everything looks worse and that is expected but it still runs pretty well there are still times where the game struggles a bit on the s i haven't played it on the series x yet i have a series x copy i just haven't really played it on there yet but yeah um the good thing about it is also that Obviously, I've bought the Constellation Edition, the Special Edition. That was for the Xbox. But I could have used, because they did the cross-sync thing where you can carry on your game from the PC next to me here on your Xbox, because I bought it on the Microsoft uh, or the Xbox store, which is cool. So you can carry it on on Xbox using your save from your PC and vice versa. I just think that's cool. That's something that I think a lot of other games hopefully should do because it just gives you the freedom to play where you want to play but yeah the um the game overall i'm really really happy with i if i'm gonna give it a score i don't really like giving scores to games but if people want me to give a score at the moment playing 30 hours 30 to 40 hours i'll give it a solid 9 out of 10 definitely is it like perfect no it does have bad moments. There's a few there's a few quests that I'm not massive like fan of, but the main quest has surprised me a lot. Um in terms of its quality and how much I like it. I think the role playing game of the or role playing aspect of the game is brilliant. I think they've gone returned to form with the RPG elements of this game. Visually is actually better than i thought it would be which is i'd say a pretty good point for bethesda there because normally the games don't look the best the games don't look the best they don't they don't even look that great when they come out i remember when fallout 3 came out fallout new vegas come out uh, skyrim 
even Fallout 4, at each point when those games were released, there were games that were similar-ish in terms of the genre, but looked better. But they didn't have the certain things, the certain magic that goes into a Bethesda game. So, yeah, it looks good. Does it look as good as the best games in class? No, it doesn't. You know, does it look as good as, like, a God of War? It's a different game, understand? It doesn't look as good. It doesn't. There are plenty of other examples you can give, but the game looks more than good enough for what I wanted to get out of the game, and that is true freedom and just a role-playing experience, which is what I got so far. The game, don't get me wrong, could do an absolute 180 and crash to the fucking ground. There's potential for that to happen. Do I think that will happen? Probably not. But the you, this is a game... For reference, I've probably put about 200 hours total into Skyrim. I bought the game at least three times. Uh, I've put at least 150 hours to 200 hours into Fallout 4. Again, I've bought the game twice. I bought it on PC and I got it on Xbox um, through Game Pass. But I bought the special edition. I actually got my PS4 back when I had a PS4. That was in 2015. So... You are easily, I would expect, easily to double that in this game. Just because of the sheer amount of content in it. But it's, I don't actually ever think I'll finish this game. Did I 100% Skyrim? No. Did I 100% Fallout 4? Again, no. But I came close. This game I don't even think I'm going to come close to finishing. And that doesn't... Games shouldn't be big for the sake of being big. Like Time and time again, we've seen games that have been big and are just fucking ridiculous in scale. I'm looking at you, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag. Although I loved that game, it was ridiculously big and I would never, ever, ever get close to 100% in that game. Not in a million years. This is a game that is made big because of the design of the game. It is literally about travelling vast distances, so it has to be vast. Otherwise, if you just stay in a solar system, if we just stayed in our solar system and just travelled to different planets in our system, it wouldn't feel as big. So it needs to be big because of the way they've written it. So if you don't like the fact that it's like that, then you're probably not going to like the game. You probably won't like the fact that there is no seamless travel between space and planets. There is no um, seamless going in and... Even going in and out of buildings, you're still going to see load screens. They're still going to be there. It's not every single place. Like There are quite large areas that don't have load loading screens, but, for example, the main city of Atlantis, which is massive by the way there are loading screens like when you go into a building or you're going into an interior there's a loading screen i don't personally have a problem with it i know people who will do i know people do have a problem with it which is fine like if you think games should operate on the same level across the board there should be no loading screens in games anymore fair enough but there is in this one but yeah the outpost building is cool ship building is 
really in-depth as well as the outpost building, to be honest. I mean, the outpost building is something I've just recently got into, and I didn't give a fuck about the Fallout 4 outpost, outpost building. I thought, I just I don't want to know about it. I don't care. Just, I want to play the story. I want to go and discover shit. Just let me go. So that's what I did. But I must say, the outpost building, because with Fallout 4, you had to do a very tiny bit of outpost building for a quest. With um, Starfield, as far as I'm aware, that isn't a thing. Like, that is 100% optional at this point. I've not come across a quest where you have to build one. So if you're not interested in it, don't fucking do it. But I did it because I wanted to see how different it was. And I'm really into it. The thing I didn't like about Fallout 4 was very pedantic. Like, you had to have electricity for stuff to work. Cool, understand that. that that's something I can grasp. But do I have to run wires from a generator to a fucking turret so it works? Mm, I don't know if I'm into that. I j- I, it's too pedantic. With this so far, I haven't had to do that, which I appreciate. So there's a, it's a difference between it being a sim and more entertaining. I err on the edge of being more entertaining to build rather than being a sim. You know, do I want to have to fucking make sure that the the groundwork is set in and the pipes are laid for there to be sufficient mineral deposits taken from the ground. No, I don't want to have to do that shit. I want to place a fucking um, extractor on the ground and then it's ready to go and then put some power into it, which is fine. But again, if you're looking for something more in-depth, this is not it. It's not there. It's not. It's going to be very surface level for you. But the um, the weapon modding, the... Outpost modding, there's the food and drink, even the food and drink um, research, and that is is cool. Just like because you can get afflictions in the game, um, you can get like I've had a couple of times where I've my suit wasn't very protective against um, corrosive gas or material, so I'd get like an affliction. I think I've had quite a couple of, maybe three or four times, I've had like a lung issue. And that affects your, your player, like your character. You, you start to lose oxygen. And oxygen essentially is your stamina. Um, so it could be problematic when you're trying to travel everywhere. Another big problem I've just forgot about everyone saying, it's probably the biggest thing that I hear people saying is, there's no travel on the planets apart from walking and jetpacking. This is something I understand. I 100% agree it would probably be easier, more convenient, better for the player if there was a mode of transport on the planets or moons that you go to, but there isn't. Uh, I'm guessing it was design choice. Was it performance choice? Maybe. I know it's very hard to create with with vehicles you've now got an entirely new set of parameters that you have got to check and got to do and got to create stuff for like it is a lot of work to put working vehicles on planets that aren't constant have their own different gravity levels different atmospheres that sort of stuff but would it have been cool had it been in there yes i feel like it would have helped speed up certain things in the game because when you go onto a planet, essentially 
you'll have your landing area and then all around you will be points of interest. But when I say all around you, it could be quite far away because you've got to use your scanner to look at points on the map and it'll tell you, it'll give you a symbol as a roundabout way of telling you what it might be. Um, but yeah, you, you use your scanner, you look there and sometimes it's like a thousand metres away. You're like, well, I want to go there and I do but it's going to take me like 15 minutes to get there if I don't, if I'm just sprinting. But use your jetpack, which is something I definitely recommend you um, getting a lot of points into early. Is is a bit more barrel, bearable, but yeah. It's, it's something that should be in the game. Really, personally, I think it should be in the game. But I didn't make it, so I can't decide. But do I think that drops the game down from a fucking 9 out of 10 to an 8? No. Because that's not what the game is about. If you... I would much prefer to travel on foot than in a vehicle. The only reason I want to travel in vehicle or in a vehicle is to make the distance that I travel go quicker, essentially. Do I think it's more immersive? No. Do I think it's better for the story? No. I understand why they'd leave it out as well, like technically, because it's quite a difficult thing to do. But I like I like travelling on foot. You know, I like... I sometimes will find myself, like in Skyrim, you could travel by horse. I just didn't. I never would. I prefer going on foot. It just made made it more immersive for me. It just made it a better experience. That's all I can say. But yeah, if you if you wanna if you wanna like planetary travel like via a vehicle, it's not in the game. Will it be modded in? We'll see. I will see how that goes because there's a lot of people modding shit into the game. Um to the point where it's actually hilarious some of the mods that have been made for it day what we now I don't know, a couple of days after it's been released, there are already people modding stuff in the game. Um, that it's just so funny. Like if you if you download a mod on this is on PC, if you download a mod and um, <laughs> if you download a mod, it basically blocks you from achievements in the game. So someone has modded the game to allow you to get achievements, even if you've modded the game, like got a mod downloaded. It's just hilarious shit like that. It's like. Bethesda put it there so you couldn't just fucking rack up achievements in like minutes and now someone's gone nah fuck that we're we're getting achievements in minutes that's quality but yeah I think later down the line modern is going to become more more the kind of mainstay for this game that's what I feel like people will stay for Um, although to be honest there'll be people who do plenty of playthroughs of this game because there are so many different paths you can take but yeah i'm really enjoying it i'm really really glad i bought it um when i did i'm happy i got the early access and yeah it's probably one of my favorite games ever at this point and i'm only 30 and 40 hours in but at the moment it's a 9 out of 10 if i'm giving it a number oh god well you've probably heard me chirping on enough about about starfield i do go i will go into a bit more detail perhaps on a, a members video or something like that um so if you guys want to check that out become a member 
next week we will be back to full strength. I'll have a bit more time invested in Starfield as well, so that'll be good. Yeah, so expect us all back next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about. Maybe we'll talk about the aliens again. Who knows? There might be some more UAPs discovered by then, and I'm sure they'll be put up on that website. But yeah, thank you for joining me. If you want to play Starfield, go play it. If you're not interested, probably don't bother. <laughs> That's brilliant advice, wasn't it, really? But yeah, thank you for enjoying me, or joining me. Yeah, I, I don't want to pre prejudge you enjoying it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but thank you for joining. I appreciate everyone's support, and we'll see you in the next one. Up the Atma. Bye-bye for now.